here. Cause I spend all my days here. You would too. If you knew what I know. Suck straight from the coconut's teeth. When it's just right, it makes your short hairs grow. Got a hole in my straw hat. Two tires on my Jeep flat. Maybe today I'll stay out of the sun. But the ladies are flocking. That means it's time to start cocking That brain-freezing nectar That fills my fun gun Hoisting another glass In pina colada burp Coconut milk with a pineapple splash Don't forget that the rum comes first Pass that flat on my ass Hello and welcome back to Death Holler. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Death, and this is my co-host, La Urena. And you just heard the brilliant Coconut Pete sing Pina Colada Bird. (laughs) (laughs) The song that came out seven years before Margaritaville. (laughs) Before that chump <laughs> sung Margaritaville. Uh, we are discussing Club Dread from 2004. Uh, tagline, a vacation to die for. You know, it's short. It's to the point. It's precise. I, I dig it. Uh, uh, and you'll have to forgive me because I, I never know how to pronounce his last name, but directed by Jay Chandra Sekar. Uh, written by Jay Chandrasekhar, Kevin Heffernan, uh, Steve Lemmy, Paul Soder, and Eric Stolhansky, all under the group name Broken Lizard. Uh, music by Nathan Barr, who should get an award because yes. the music in this movie is amazing. Uh, budget of $8.6 million, It only made $7.6. <sighs> Lame! I hate that because I love this fucking movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, principal players, we have Jordan Ladd playing Penelope, or Penelope, Penelope anybody, yes. but <laughs> Juan Castillo, uh, who is a sheltered former Olympian gymnast. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, she was a Never Been Kissed, Cabin Fever, Death Proof, Damn. Satanic Panic, Thanksgiving, the fake trailer, and, uh, um, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of the movies now. Uh, Planet Terror and Club Dr- I oh, mean, yeah. and, uh, and Death Proof, whatever that was. Yes. Uh, and then Inland Empire, Embrace of the Vampire, which okay. is kind of a sexy vampire movie with uh, Alyssa Milano as the main character. Oh, but, okay. Uh, it's something you see on Skinamax, honestly, is what yeah. it is. Um, uh, Grindhouse is the name of that movie, by the way, that has all that stuff in okay. it. Okay. Uh, Brittany Daniel plays Jenny, who's the resort worker, uh, who's the new Amy Aerobics, and she's a hoe. <laughs> kind of. Uh, she might have slept around with like three or four people in that resort, you know. Everyone uh, except a, for Putnam. Uh, yeah, everybody but him. Uh, she was in White Chicks, Little Man, Skyline, Joe Dirt, and Joe Dirt 2, because she's actually oh yeah the girl that Joe Dirt's pining for the entire movie. Oh, God, what's her name? 
Oh, shit. I can't even remember. Brandy? Brandy, yes. Mandy, I forgot about it's Mandy, that. Or, it's Mandy or Brandy. It's, it's Brandy. The, uh, the, the Basketball Diaries in Sweet Valley High. Uh, we have Kevin Heffernan playing Lars, who's a masseur, has magic, has the magical touch, uh, <laughs> the heaven point in particular. Yes. Uh, and uh, he's a super obsessed fan of Coconut Pete. Uh, he played, obviously, Farva, which is one of the best characters ever in Super Troopers 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Beer Fest. He played, actually, Brothers in that movie. Oh, yeah. Brothers. Uh, he was in the original uh, Broken Lizard movie that they made when they were in college called Puddle Cruiser, which is okay. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like the Strawberry Beer and Beer Fest. It's okay. <laughs> uh, he was in Slam and Salmon, which is, an, is also Salmon. another one. Yes. Uh, Quality, they recently came out with. I need to watch that because I haven't seen it yet. It's like about the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and I think he's actually quasi you okay. know, the, the Hunchback in it. Uh, and he was in Dukes of Hazard. He played like their uh, like the redneck cousin or whatever that like blew shit up in that movie. Okay. And he's in a current series uh, called Tacoma FD, which is like TV series with some of the other guys from Broken Lizard. We have Eric Stolhansky playing Sam, the fun police. <laughs> who's ready to kill a man over a fucking dime bag. Yes. <laughs> and our slasher of the movie. <laughs> Uh, he's been in all the Broken Lizard films that I, a lot of them I just mentioned for, you know, uh, Lars, uh, also the Dukes of Hazard. He was in that and he was, and he's in a recent thing, movie called Vendors. Uh, Dan Montgomery Jr. plays Rolo, who is an asshole who scored a nice three way. I don't know how this guy got those two hot chicks. I guess because they like he's they. I guess they just like that kind of guy. But like, I mean, he's seriously. There's nothing to him at all. Well, I think uh, that um, because they're all on this fucking island, just debauchery all over. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, also there's. It's implying that there's stuff in those drinks, so they're taking. You know, ecstasy, if you will. The, they there's are a whole fucking e scene with everything. They're getting it from Dave of all of all people. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing it out there. So yeah, so they're throwing it out there with whoever. <laughs> uh, he was also in the Dukes of Hazard at one point. That's one of the other. I mean, he's been in some other stuff. But that's like the main thing that I saw that he was in. Yeah, uh, Tanja Rockert uh, plays Kelly. Uh, one of the blonde holes hose that's with uh and a hole uh for Rolo. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's also a resort worker. Uh, she was in Scary Movie. Uh, so that's interesting. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I oh, think she was she doing was some like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in this film. Oh yeah, she was for sure. Uh, Elena Lyons plays Stacy, who's the brunette hoe. Uh, she's uh she's given some head before mm-hmm. she loses her head. Yes. <laughs> Uh, she's done a ton of TV. Uh, Julio Becor plays Carlos, who is also uh, Dirty Cal, uh, or Dirty Carlos, I guess, and then yeah. part of the kitchen staff. Uh, Richard Pareo plays Cliff, who's Dirty Cliff, who's a piece of fruit in a Pac-Man maze. Yes. Uh, been a producer on a bunch of different projects. Uh, so he's actually, he was a producer that they brought in just to film a scene, basically. Uh, MC Ganey plays Hank, a former FBI agent specializing in serial killers, head of security for Coconut Pete's Tours and Pete's BFF. Uh, he was in Wild Hogs, Con Air with our great Nicolas Cage, <laughs> uh, Django Unchained, Justified, Lost, The Haunting, 
and Beer Fest. Uh, he played uh, the priest at the beginning of Beer Fest, which is a pretty funny scene. Uh, Lindsay Price plays you, uh, who's primarily in the movie because of her name. Like, it's, yeah. th- there's a lot of jokes around that. And she's also one of the resort workers. She was in All My Children, like a ton of All My Children episodes. And then Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, Sam Levine plays Dirk, one of the resort guests. Uh, he was in not another oh, team movie. That kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, the one that was making fun of Putnam. Yeah, uh, through most of it, he was in not another teen movie and Glorious Bastards and Wet Hot American Summer, the movie, the prequel series on Netflix, and the sequel series on Netflix. Jesus, and and he was on Freaks and Geeks, which is where a lot of people you know remember him from. Bill Paxton, Good the God. late great, yes plays my favorite character that he ever played in Coconut Pete, who is a legendary musician, but don't get him confused with that other hack. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Of course, he was in Aliens. Game over, man. Game over. Uh, Frailty. Which Which we will reveal. We will review because uh, that... uh, Actually, did we not already cover that during Demon Season? Did we cover Frailty? Oh, my God. I'm going to be so embarrassed if we did. We anyway. might have. I don't. It's it's kind of a mix between that and like human. There's horror, another so. one. Yeah, I I don't know that we did. I'm gonna look it up right now, um, so you can continue. But yeah, I remember I was I was making a push for frailty. Uh, Near Dark, Twister, Weird Science, Apollo 13, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is a really good human horror movie. Uh, Predator Two, Next of Kin, The Terminator. Streets of Fire, Mortuary, and Stripes. Like, Bill Paxton has been in a ton of stuff. Um, And I don't think we've done Frailty. I I just searched in our podcast uh, I think if we did, I think it was mentioned as, like, maybe a B-movie, but I wouldn't be opposed to coming back to it as a human horror movie. Uh, But... I, I love po- Coconut Pete in this movie, so yes. he, he's he's great character. I'm so glad they had him in this, because I haven't seen him in forever, and it was nice to see him in his glory again, you know? And you could tell he had fun playing this character, yes. like, a lot. <laughs> uh, Paul Soder plays Dave, the DJ, uh, Pete's nephew, who is always lit. Mm-hmm. Like, he is on E 24-7, ready to oh, go. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's also been in all the Broken Lizard films, and he's in Tacoma FD. Uh, Jay Chandrasekhar plays Putnam, or Putman, Putman. Uh, who's the British twat, tennis player, and a cuck, because he doesn't get any ladies in this movie. <laughs> uh, he's been a director on a lot of stuff, um, a lot of the Broken Lizard films in particular, which he's also starred in, but he was also like uh, Goldberg's community, like he directed episodes of that. Uh, he was involved in Dukes of Hazard. So it, he's wow. been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, actually, there's a scene in Dukes of Hazard where him and Eric Stolhansky reprise the roles uh, from um, from Super Troopers. Uh, Super Troopers. Yeah. They they basically show up and have similar lines. And then Steve Lemmy plays Juan Castillo, uh, who is the resort worker who got busy with uh, Penelope, and he's a goat fucker. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, of all the dark secrets of any characters in these movies, like, he, he has the just, oh, man, we'll get to it. And but not anyways, only that, bro- but, like, he, okay, like, that's what he went to prison for. And it's like, yeah, it was- then they give him a letter of recommendation saying he's not capable of the things 
that he's done before. Okay, goat fucking, I get it. But you're sending him to an island where he's fucking a bunch of other people. <laughs> and he doesn't believe in condoms. Oh, yes. They're against his religion. Uh, uh, he's also been in Broken Lizard film since Coma FD. So, synopsis. Coconut Pete's Pleasure Island is the place to go when you want to get away from it all and live out your most hedonistic fantasies. Or at least it was. It seems there's a killer on the loose, and the body count is rising daily. This tropical paradise is turning into a bloody nightmare, and it's up to the remaining resort workers to figure out who the killer is. Is it Lars, the new masseur, who has an unhealthy obsession with Coconut Pete? Is it Jenny, the hot blonde who got her own workout show after the former host died under mysterious circumstances? Accidentally Uh, ate rat poison. (laughs) Accidentally, yes. Actually, well, we'll get to that in the story. Uh, Or maybe it's Machete Phil back from the jungle to find his penis. Oh, God. Which is hilarious that we also covered Sleepaway Camp this episode. Yes. So, I mean, it's, you know, it kind of fits. Uh, heads are flying off bodies. The pretzel is fucking the watermelon <laughs> in the tool shed. And Penelope is one limber chick. Whatever you do, don't mention Margaritaville. <laughs> uh, body count, 14. Yes. That's, that's a good count. Real good. Uh, Rolo sliced down his uh, the length of his body with a machete. Uh, Kelly has her fingers sliced off a machete and falls from a cliff. Uh, Stacy is beheaded with a machete. Uh, Carlos is knifed off screen, hung from a glider, and then crashed into a life buoy shaft. Uh, Cliff is has his stomach sliced with a machete. Naughty. <laughs> Naughty Cliff. Uh, Sheriff uh, and the and the cop from the main island have their uh, gas poured on the boat that they're on and blown up with a flaming arrow. Uh, Hank has his throat sliced with a machete, and he, then he's buried in the sand. You is killed with a, a machete. Dirk uh, has a TV thrown in the pool and electrocuted. Coconut Pete is hung from a, uh, the roof by a rope. Dave is beheaded with a machete. Uh, Putman is uh, has a machete thrown into his chest, and then he's hacked apart. Juan has his stomach sliced up with a machete and then drowns. And then Sam is torn in half with a rope by the boat, thrown into the water, and then drowned, finally. Or is Was he? he? Yeah. <laughs> um, quotes. One, you want to know what I did? You want to know what I did? I, Juan Castillo, went to jail for having sex with a goat, all right? What do you want me to say? We lived on a farm, and I got lonely. We were just a couple of stupid kids. But um, <laughs> You don't recognize that pun until you've watched this movie enough. <laughs> uh, Putman, uh, with disdain, what kind of man has, a sex with a, has sex with a goat? And then Juan, hey, I used a condom. Jenny, who had sex with Juan, you told me they were against your religion. Juan, eh, you know, uh, I need to find Penelope. I'm, I'm sure you all understand. Yeah. Uh, one, after interrogating uh, Penelope by having passionate sex, I may need a few more hours to pump her for information. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Hank shows a nasty scar on his stomach. Hey, I was in Nicaragua, Junior, when you could stuff your intestines back in your pockets and walk 20 clicks to an aid station after a knife fight with a gorilla drug lords, then you talk to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, which I love because that's, like, the perfect parody of, like, the, the badass and all these, like, horror movies, you know? Yeah. That immediately gets their ass killed, you know, by the killer. Yes, right? I knew Same that was going to happen. Uh, Coconut Pete. If it isn't too much to ask, have sex with a guest, because some of them aren't bad looking. <laughs> like, everyone on that island is, like, perfect body, like, 
I was like, there's no fucking way. If you're going to an island to have sex, that's not what you're going to see. You're going to see the average looking motherfuckers where our stomachs hang over a little bit. And fucking we got cellulite and there's not an ab inside. We don't have abs. We have flabs. Yeah, Dirk is like the most average of all the people. I mean, you could probably argue those two guys that keep talking about having sex with everybody yeah. are pretty average. But, like, Dirk's the most average of all the people on the island. After, Other than him, like, everybody's hot, you yeah. know, basically. Like, so. What the fuck, dude? That's not how it is. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Juan, who's very upset. Pete, you and Hank are dead. And then talking to Pete, why? What did we do? And then Juan's like, no, man, you and Hank are fucking dead. And then like talking to Pete, you threatened me because if you are, you little hairless dog. And then uh, Juan, ah, puta, just come and look. Yeah. <laughs> that is where you, they they, li- they literally only put you as the name for a character in this movie just so they can have lives yeah. like that. Uh, Putman, uh, you've macheted, uh, you've manacled me to my deathbed, you Piccadilly whore. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Jenny, uh, our, uh, regarding Coconut Pete's song, Naughty Cow, our lives depend on us interpreting the dumbest fucking song I've ever heard. And then, of course, Coconut Pete responds back to that. It's like, well, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Don't hold back. <laughs> uh, Island guest, after hearing Machete Phil's story, wait, wait, you're telling me that there's some totally deranged dickless dude running around out there? Uh, Dave, all I'm saying is don't go in the jungle alone. If I, if you, if I can help it, I don't go in the jungle alone if I can help it. Cause you can hear him and I've heard him crying out. Where's my penis? Where's my penis? Where's my penis? And then Putman suddenly stands up, um, after doing a dick tuck. And so his penis isn't available. And that boy was me. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, coconut Pete. I think you mean Pina Colada Berg, a little song I wrote seven and a half fucking years before Margaritaville was even on the map. Of course, you wouldn't know that because you wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Play Margaritaville, <laughs> which was funny. I love the look. I love the looks everybody gave at that campfire too. They're like, "Oh fuck, yeah, oh, here like, we go." Oh you shit, know. we were uh, having a, a pool day yesterday, and we had music playing, and out of nowhere, the so- one of the songs turns off, and I'm like, "Play Pina Colada Berg." <laughs> <laughs> the only one who got it was the hubby. Uh. Penelope lying on top of Juan, who's lying on the ground and talking in a creepy, soft voice. You've been very bad today, Juan. And Juan's like, what did I do? And uh, Penelope, when you were supposed to be in the maze, you were eating watermelon. And Juan, who was fucking the watermelon, shocked, said, how did you know that, Penelope? Because I see everything, Juan. Yeah, she was giving (laughs) off real creeper vibes. Real creepy. Uh, Lars walks up behind Jenny, who's drinking some booze and does a Tai Chi move on her back. Hey, Jenny. Jenny, by sheer reflex, her mouth opens, and uh, the drink just slobbers down her front. Oh, and Lars is like, sorry. And she's like, give me a heads up before you do that. Lars, it's just a habit. I can see how tight you were from a mile away. And he starts to drink, and she's like, what can I say? Some girls are just tighter than others. And then by reflex, he spits all the booze that he's drinking on her face. Oh, yeah. He's like, Sorry. <laughs> All over her fucking face. Oh, my God. Uh, Lars, back off, fun pig. You want to fun fucking arrest me? You better get a fun fucking warrant. Otherwise, stay out of my fun fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what the fuck did you do, man? Costa Rican prison? That's some hardcore anal action, man. <laughs> and then Sam, nobody ever suspects the fun police. <laughs> no, no, we do. No, I agree with Lars. Everybody suspects. Actually, I think it's one that said that. I always suspected the fun police. Yeah. Uh, visuals. 
they did a really good job in this movie. Oh it, yeah. It, it looks good. I mean, like the kills are good. The, I mean the locale, I really like, you know, even though it's like a daytime slasher movie through most of it, yeah. it they do a good job with it. You know? Yeah. I, I think they do a good job. Um, like we talked about earlier, uh, it's, there's a lot of nice looking people in the movie. If you mm-hmm. want to, you know, go f- to it for that reason. So, you know what um, I saw that they held, uh, excuse me. I thought that they held back on personally is yes. The girls all had boobs, but they were all girls that were so in shape. Like these girls definitely worked out for a living. They weren't mm-hmm. naturally in this shape. And so they all had small knockers. There was no one there with really big knockers. Uh, and if they did, they no. were fake. I agree with you, except for Jordan Ladd. She's in this, you know, preview for the awards. Best boobs goes to her because her body frame, as small as she was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Her boobs were the the largest. Is that Penelope? Penelope, yes. yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she and her boobs were natural. Yeah, so she, and that's why she's also in a lot of horror movies, I think, because she, you know, looks the way she does. So Yes. Um, but I, even like, uh, Bill Paxton, like the, the way that he like just carries himself looks in the movie. Like, I mean, it's part of the visuals, but also the acting like it, he reminds me of like a Jimmy Buffett. Oh yeah. Um, know, and like, it's funny cause I didn't even recognize him at first, even though you had told me it was him. I was like, I do what I don't, who is this? Oh my God. That's fucking Bill Paxton. <laughs> and he genuinely looked like he had, he was so comfortable in this role. Yeah, the look on his face when he's sitting there. So after, uh, I think it was like Dave or somebody, I think it was Dave that walks up to him and said, you know, hey, hey, Uncle Pete, this lady from, I saw you at a certain concert on a certain day. When he goes over there and he he picks her up and he's like walking away with her, when he looks back at them and that smile on his face, his eyes, the way that he looks and the way that just they made him, he looked drunk. Like, I don't know if he really was, but he looked drunk like i mean legit there was a couple times there was another scene too where like he sees one of the lyrics on his board and he doesn't remember but he looks at it and he starts laughing he's just looking away and i'm like he is so like happy in this place (laughs) yeah he he was having a ball in this movie yeah he just was uh story i actually this is a parody horror movie but it's actually got a legit decent story to it yeah like i mean it does like they like i mean scary movie is like just parody after parody after parody this has its own storyline this is like i mean there's not really a slasher that is exactly like this movie but it does a good job of mimicking the story structure of all of those yeah well and it was it's kind of a standalone because i don't know because i i went on to google and one of the questions that's asked is, well, what is, you know, um, I was going to say Pina Colada Park. <laughs> <laughs> Club Dread, a parody of, and there's really not a solid answer. No, it's it's it just takes the tropes in those movies yeah. and it makes fun of them is yes. what it does. But it's its own thing. I mean, it is. <clears throat> and I got to give them credit. They hit the, the story beats just right i mean they even like every character at the beginning of the movie that as they are as they introduce everybody after stacy's death or whatever where her head rolls off of her body yeah which is actually a cool visual oh yeah because her body's still fucking convulsing yeah after they show that and they back up and they show everybody getting on the island and they show rollo like dicking everybody over in the you know that could be the prime suspect because he literally between him and the two girls kelly and stacy they fucking piss off every other person oh yeah you know setting them all up to be the possible killer 
they focus in on them and then they give you like stories for each one of them throughout the movie like you know like i mentioned earlier lars is the super obsessed fan of you know coconut pete has that weird creepy shrine to him yeah uh you know um uh what's her name the the main uh i'm blanking her name now uh jenny, jenny. is like yeah. you know she killed uh the original amy aerobics or it could have because she died of poison accidentally reverend uh, ac- well accidentally yes uh jordan lads uh penelope uh nobody knows why she's even on the fucking island like so they set that up as yes. like a mystery uh one is set up as having went to prison and you don't know until the end of it that it was for goat fucking you thought it was for murder or something yeah uh everybody suspects the fun police so he was already in the running anyways regardless and uh putman i mean they don't really give him a reason why he would be the killer other than the fact that everybody on the island fucking bullies the shit out of him so he's the suspect just because he gets made fun of by everybody else yeah and then Dave, I forgot about that. They throw in there that Dave, like his parents died in a tragic accident and they, and it's, and he's got this weird mystery about him. It's like, what happened? Why is he on this Island? Yeah. So they all kind of have reasons why they could be the killer. The only one that they don't set up as a suspect is you. I mean, she's really the only one. Why well, wasn't in the, the movie? Other... <laughs> What's that? I said, I wasn't in the movie. What are you talking about me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you were not uh, one of the uh, suspected killers in this movie, so there you go. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up something real quick. It just popped into my head. At the beginning of the film, when the when they're about to have the threesome, the failed threesome, if you will, and uh, the girls start running, and first they're shirtless, then they have their bikini tops on, then they have one of them has a full-blown shirt on. While they're ready, like within seconds, did you notice that? Uh, I didn't pay attention to it, but I mean, you're right. Like, I, but I, it's they probably didn't care. They probably, I mean, that you know, because like I said, they were making fun of the tropes or whatever. Yes. So, like, you I figured know, it was intentional. Errors. No, yeah, I figured like, it was intentional. Like, let's fucking make this look stupid. Yeah, because that's, I mean, a lot of cheesy horror films have continuity errors. Yes. Like that. And not only that, let's like, let's make it stupid, but like, you're hoping to see these girls run fucking topless and that's not at all what happens well yeah they they subvert that expectation something else that they bring up in this that's in a lot of horror movies trope is whenever you lock away one person so that they're eradicated as like a possible you know like suspect yeah but then that person disappears mysteriously yeah Uh, they do that with lars like there's no way that he could have got out that fucking window it was too small but then they reveal that he's got a way that he can like magically shrink his body, that he can like move through like smaller things, and then they they play it off as a joke because uh, Jenny looks at him, it's like you do that. All, why don't you do that all the time? Yeah, and he and he responds back, is that a fat joke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I I don't know. I just I, they do a good job of just hitting that. The, I mean, of making their own movie but parodying like how yeah. the other movies are. Sp- or set up to be. Yeah. Um, acting wise, I think they all do a great job in the movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think anybody was, I didn't think anyone stood out as someone that was like horrible. Uh, Put- Put- Putman was getting on my nerves a little bit. I know that's Franklin his Ward. character. Franklin Ward. Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's intentionally supposed to be annoy- annoying in the movie. Yeah. Like he's the one that you're like, okay, if he dies, who cares? You yeah. Know? Uh, but, 
uh, Bill Paxton. He, oh, God. He's, head, he's the best in the movie. He he's really is. the queen of this film for sure. <laughs> and then the music. It's one of the best. I mean, the original songs they came up with for Coconut Pete are such good ripoffs of Jimmy Buffett. That, and I like I mean, when you Google them, the artist is Bill Paxton. I mean, I know yeah. he sang them. I'm not surprised by that. That that happens in Hollywood all the time. But I just love that he's an accredited singer now, you know? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like, I mean, and like uh, Naughty Cow, like, I mean, it's it's got enough creep factor to it and that one part about how we're all going to die yeah. that it actually works within the movie. Like, yes. it, it's pretty good. Uh, anything else you want to say about that before we get to the trivia? No, let's get into the trivia because more stuff will come up as we're talking. <clears throat> uh, Broken Lizard screened the film for Jimmy Buffett, who was so amused that he requested permission to sing some of the film's original songs on one of his live tours. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> I would love to see Jimmy Buffett sing Pina Colada Burger. Oh, I really would. Hold on, I'm going to Google that shit, and if I find it, I'm going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the joke about pronouncing uh, Penelope as Penelope came about when Jay Chandrasekhar and Kevin Heffernan went to a screening of Carlito's Wave from 1993, and when uh, Penelope Ann Miller's name came up on the screen, a man behind the two said, Penelope? What kind of name is Penelope? Yeah. <laughs> I love that they took like a real-life thing and just made a joke out of it. <clears throat> In the DVD commentary, it is explained that the line, how many of you knew that he was uncircumcised and smell of oranges was a, was a line included in the script to see if anyone was really reading it before the film was greenlit. Oh, my <laughs> God. Just, Apparently, they didn't. They, they were just fucking around with people. <clears throat> the translation of Steve Lemmy's character name, Juan Castillo, is John Castle, which was Patrick Swayze's character name in Dirty Dancing. Uh, Lemmy and Kevin, uh, Kevin Heffernan are huge Swayze fans. Oh, God. That's cool. That's yeah. fucking cool. Uh, Broken Lizard considers this their funniest film. I I don't know that I would say that, but it's up there. Yeah. Uh, uh, when the staff members are looking at Coconut Pete's old album, one of the song titles is I'd Tell You, but then I'd have to, then I'd have tequila. Oh, my God. Shut <laughs> Uh, during the campfire scene, the cast tells the story of a former employee being tricked into having sex with a female corpse and going insane. That story's actually pretty good for Machete Phil, which also subverts expectations because his name was Phil Coletti. Wouldn't it make more sense if they called him Machete Coletti? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I hear it's one of those things. It's like, okay, they called him Machete Phil because it would make more sense to have it the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the story about somebody having sex with a female corpse and going insane is actually the backstory of the killer in the movie Terror Train from 1980. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and he was tricked into doing it by people around that were his classmates at the time. Uh, the outfit that Stacy wears in the first scenes mirrors the camp counselor uniforms in the original Friday the 13th. Oh, oh, uh, the yellow shirt <clears throat> and the short mm -hmm. blue shorts. Yes. Yes. And then we were like, holy crap, those shorts are fucking short for back in the day. <laughs> the, the character Coconut Pete and Coconut Pete's music strongly resemble the song The Ballad of Coconut Pete by Jim Morris. Oh, interesting. Uh, when Coconut Pete calls Putman on stage at uh, an hour and one minute and 48 seconds, Pete says, Putman Livingston, I presume. Uh, Dave, Dr. David Livingston was a physician, a missionary, traveled to Africa in the 1800s. When Henry Morton Stanley first meets him, he famously says to Dr. Livingston, 
I presume. Apart from Stanley, Livingston was the only white person for 100 miles. Putman is the only brown person in this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or swarthy brown character in this movie, because technically Juan is supposed to be, but he's he's as white as you know everybody else. Elena uh, Lyons' only on-screen nude scene as of 2021. So if you want to see her nude... You've got to watch her in this movie, you know, right, you know, around the time she's giving head to Rolo. So yeah. there you go. Those boobies pop out. <laughs> uh, Media Site Complex chose Jordan Ladd's scene as number 14 of the 15 best topless moments in mainstream horror movies in 2020. I don't disagree. She's yeah. got some nice boobies. Yeah, she does. Uh, Death Holler Awards, Final Girls. Doesn't really have one, but uh, Penelope is the closest of the three survivors because she, unlike Jenny, she fights back the most uh, amongst the two ladies that are left at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's although, true. Although you could argue Lars is the final guy of the movie, but there's like three people. So yeah. <clears throat> what do you think about sl the slasher, Sam the Fun Pig? Um... <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I mean, I thought he was a good slasher. Like, I'm not disappointed, like, in his role or how he did things. I thought he was cool. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting him, even though the fun police, you immediately suspect them. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd had a good crazy killer look. Uh, yeah, that's he true. Finally, when he put full on, you know, killer at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I love the parody at the end of the movie, too, which we didn't talk about, the fact that they couldn't really kill him. Like, he, he literally was chopped in half, and his, half of his body was still moving. Oh, my God. Know? That was so funny. It just kept going and going. And well, even Lars comment, it's like, will you fucking die already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, best kill, I think it's the Stacy's point of view head falling off. Uh, I love that where her head got chopped off, and like you said, you could see her body convulsing yeah. or whatever, you know, with her her eyes through her decapitated head. And her boobies bouncing. Yeah. I would say that Sam getting ripped in two would probably be would be also one. That one's mine. Yeah. <clears throat> Had some good visual effects. Uh, and then the Costa Rican police exploding from a Viking funeral is pretty inventive. <laughs> like, nobody else gets, you know, that kind of treatment in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Uh, is there any other kills in the movie you thought were better or worse? Or I did like the scene where you could see the slasher killing, uh, who was dressed as a pineapple at the moment, uh, killing the one of the camp counselors in the maze while other people are running by. I thought that was a cool visual scene. <laughs> It was, and I also like that whole thing. Like, that is, I, I want to actually try to, I mean, it, how cool would it be to play live-action Pac-Man like they yeah. were doing in that movie? It's yeah. pretty fun. That was pretty cool. Uh, and, and the funny thing the movie is is that the ghosts were all, like, these hot chicks, so, like, you they you couldn't do anything to them unless you got a drink, you know? Like oh, yeah. Getting, you know, so. Uh, the be uh, Let's see. The best scream would probably be Kelly. Uh, but I, I'm going to give Jenny an extra nod for having the best massage sounds. If yeah. You know what I mean. uh. <laughs> uh, best boobs, Penelope. Penelope, yeah. Straight up. There, and there was I mean, a lot of boobs in the film. It, it had, Stacy and Kelly weren't bad either, but like you said, they were a little on the smaller side because they were more fit. You they know, more fit, and not only that, were the the fake ones on the fit girls, they look fucking terrible. They're so far placed apart. They're super tight, and I don't know that guys find that sexy, but I don't like a boob that doesn't move. Uh, 
I don't know that guys care to be honest. Okay. As long as they're as long as they're not like Tara Reads after she got boob implant surgery and like one's way up high and one's yeah. like Yeah. She she really I feel like some over. guys still fucking jerk off to that though. Well, they probably and there's probably a certain select group of guys who actually prefer fucked up tits. So like there's something they want them out of, you know, like weird looking or something. It, it's gross, whatever. It's it's a thing. <laughs> um, my mom used to have some Tupperware titties, and I remember that because she was also very like at the time she was fit, and she doesn't have them anymore. But like she would go to give me a hug, and it just felt like you're being like two fists were just <laughs> pow, pow, blocking pow, you run. from yeah g- from getting t- like giving that person a hug. It hurt. I did not like it. Um, I was like, holy shit, dude, how does that feel? Like you know. Like that. So is that so there's this one lady that was always on the internet. You say that and it brings us to mind that had like, I don't know, triple E, something rather tits, something mm-hmm. ridiculous. They looked awful. Uh but she used to her whole thing was that she would like destroy watermelons oh, and other yes. stuff like that with them. That's probably the reason why I mean she could just cause I mean they probably like you said, they were so tough from yeah. all the, you know, silicon that was in there that they Ugh. just, you know. Uh, she damaged a few of her boobies, too. I know she'd have to go and keep getting them redone and everything like that. And it's like, what the she, fuck? Yeah. I, I There's a certain point. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying all guys agree with me. Probably they're probably screaming at me for even making this comment. I think I've said it before on here. There's a certain point whenever they get too large that they, they look just ridiculous. Like yeah. They, you know, they don't look hot. They just look stupid looking, you know. Well, and that's and, the thing about with me and skinny girls and, 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 and fakers is that they look like those boob lamps, you know, that are on your walls. Mm-hmm. Just these two hard masses that don't do anything. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the, the best side character. Best, best side character. Coconut Pete. He's the greatest. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get better than Coconut Pete for a side character. No. You really aren't. Uh, and Franklin Award, I said Dirk in this, Putman. Putman oh, yeah. should get the Franklin Award. He really should. I didn't think about it whenever I was typing this up, but he he straight up gets it. Uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? I didn't. I put in there didn't really have one, but there is a Doom Prophet, and it's a weird one. Uh, Sam, the fun pig, yes. is the Doom Prophet, because he's the one, and, and it's a bragging thing, I guess. Hey, did you guys see what the killer put on the, the activities board? Oh, yeah. That, he's the one that's doing all that because he's bragging on himself. Yes, well, and no one's noticing, too. So he wants, <laughs> well, oh, guys, did you see what I did? Well, I mean, if you're surrounded by people who look like they look in this movie yes. and you got all those drugs, you got all the booze, like, why would you pay attention to the fucking activities board? Oh I mean, like, you know, only the fun pig would pay attention. To yeah. That. Uh, best Coconut Pete song. Uh, I'd say Pina Clodberg. Do you have another one that you prefer? Well, there's only two songs. Well, there was no, there was actually a few in the movie, but like oh. there's that and there's Naughty Cal. And I, I want to say that there's like, uh, there's maybe one other one that they actually play in the movie, but oh uh, well, it, it, what what was the first one? It wasn't Pina Colotteberg that was the first one that was playing, was it? I don't think it was. It, I liked uh, that one, but I forgot what it was called. Oh, Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So there's several in the movie, and uh, Pina Colotteberg's pretty good. Yes. Uh, best Coconut Pete album title. Sea shanties and wet pants. Oh my god! I mean, come on, that's pretty good. Oh my god! Fucking Bill Paxton must have just fucking loved this movie all over. Uh, 
And then dumbest moment. I mean, it's a comedy, but Hank threatening to kill her, but not moving to kill her. Oh I yeah, mean, that was hella on. funny. <laughs> he's like, "Come over here." He's like, uh, "Eat shit, you kid." And then like the guy, then Sam just walks up and just cuts him. You know. Oh, I just like, knew that. I was like, he was talking all that shit, and I was like, he's gonna fucking die so fast. <laughs> um, just reviewing the movie before we move on. Like, I legit like. I I think this is a fun horror comedy. Like, oh yeah, I love I love this movie. Like, I really do. I've never seen it. This was my first time watching. <laughs> Well, not most people have it. That's the reason yeah. I want to bring it up on the podcast because, like, it, it's so underseen by everybody. It's like, I mean, you mentioned, like, even people who like Broken Lizard stuff. I mean, you mentioned Super Troopers. Like, yeah. yeah. I and they always mention Beer Fest. And I'm like, have you seen Club Dread? And they're like, what the fuck's that? And I'm like, oh, dude, watch Club Dread. Like, seriously, watch it. And you if know? you like Bill Paxton, you want to see Club <laughs> Dread. I feel bad because this film, it did not get the credit that it's been due. Uh and it got horrible reviews. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what people were I think after Super Troopers, people were expecting a straight comedy movie. Yeah. Like and this does have I mean, it's a comedy movie, obviously, but it it plays into the horror. I yeah. mean, it really does. So and I and some people are not into that, and I don't know if maybe that's what turned them away, but like as soon as I mean after Super Troopers I was like, I, I want to see what Broken Lizard has. And then when I saw this, I'm like, I'm sold. Whatever they come out with next, which was Beer Fest, I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm ready for anything to come out with. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, like we talked about, it's it's it makes fun of those movies, but it's its own horror movie. Yeah. Like it's, and I think that's the reason, I mean, honestly, when we were discussing I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, I feel like of the two island slashers. Oh, Yeah. This is heads and tails. It's got to be, yeah. Movie. Oh, definitely. Better <laughs> acting, too. A lot better acting than that movie. Like, I the mean, people actually look scared. Yeah, well, and also the songs are better. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, look the songs you had, and I still don't Well, yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt's song, hers, it did not go with I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> it didn't fit at all. No, like, or I still then, know, I should say. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I great movie go out go out and check it out if you haven't i mean i know some people don't like horror comedies and that's fine but well i, I know people don't either and for those people you fucking suck <laughs> i don't understand why it's like well i don't like to laugh whenever i'm watching a scare it's like what's wrong with you like comedies and horror movies are some of the best like genres out there when the two mix it's like peanut butter and jelly. Come on it's like you know it's like a Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cup it's it's perfect we just know? reviewed you know, child's play. And I know for the most part, we reviewed the three of the scariest ones of the series. But even Chucky has his fucking one-liners. And you laugh. Well, even, even, I mean, Freddy has his one-liners. Yeah. I mean, Who doesn't laugh every time Ghostface <clears throat> fucking eats shit? Because he <laughs> eats shit really good. <laughs> like... Well, I mean, I want to know who doesn't laugh. Uh, I mean, because there's comedy in Scream. Yeah. Who doesn't laugh at that scene at the end, which is my favorite line in that movie from Stu. It's like, you fucking stabbed me too hard, man. I think I'm dying. Yeah. You know, like, it, if you don't laugh at that, there's something wrong with you. Like, I mean. <laughs> it's like, you can, you can laugh in a horror film and it can still be scary. Trust me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Some people, like, 
I was seeing this like on a list of like uh, HHN or, you know, Halloween Horror Nights. There's like somebody made a a compilation of like the different personality types, like in haunted houses. And I fit one perfectly. That's the bemused observer. Like I'm sitting there. It's like, I'm not really scared, but I'm like, you did a good job, dude. I like what your energy was in that. And then like, I'm looking around. Oh, you got me, pal. Yeah. And I'm looking around at the design of the house and admiring what they put into it. There's one that they had on there, which is the chuckler, who's the one who ha- who can't deal with the stress that they're under, so they have to laugh it off. So comedy, I mean, laughter <laughs> actually goes with fear because that's some people's like, yeah, you know, that's their fight or flight. Yeah. So I, 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 people who hate horror comedies, whatever. I mean, you're 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 totally. I mean, like. Ghostbusters, Gremlins. I mean, I don't, what's wrong with you? Those are some yeah. of the best movies out there. Okay, but Reverend, uh, like when you're going through the HHN houses, what are, what is your opinion of the people that are laughing their asses off? Are you are you amused by it, or are you like shut up? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I've not really seen that so okay. much. I've I've seen it in horror movies, and they annoy okay. the fuck out of me. Yeah, like if it's a straight horror movie, and they're sitting there laughing like a hyena because they can't deal with the movie. Dude, watch this at the house. Don't I don't want to hear your laughter is destroying my attention That's true. at the moment. Uh, I'm trying to think of what Nona and I were laughing at. Oh, there was a couple. Well, I know we laughed in Evil Dead Rise a few times, um, but it was I think it was like stupid things that had happened that it was like, well, you fucking deserved that, you know. Um, <laughs> that happens in a lot of movies. Scre- we laughed a lot in Scream. Um, and then I'm trying to think a haunted mansion, but haunted mansion is a, is a non scary, scary movie. So, you know, and it's more, it's, it's more of a horror comedy too. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say more comedy than horror, but it depends on the movie, how they balance that. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good, uh, both recommend and, uh, I think we'll both recommend this next one. So hot tension. Uh, H-A-U-T-E. Hoot. Uh, I'm just kidding. Hoot. I don't Hoot's know, I'm joking. Uh, A.K.A. High Tension from 2003. Uh, tagline, someone is hunting everyone around her. I I like that. Actually, if you read into that, it's actually, it's a double entendre meaning, and it actually hints at what the movie's about, and that's even better. Yes, yes. That's why I think that's a really good tagline. <laughs> Uh, directed by Alexander Aja, who we talked about in the last episode, who directed the Hills of Eyes remake. Oof. Uh, he's in, I mean, if you want a vicious movie, like, or a brutal movie, you get Alexander Aja. He he does the job. Yeah. Uh, written by Alexander Aja and Gregory Levisseur. Uh, music by Francois Edu Chanfran. Good uh, Lord. <laughs> These are French names. I'm not going to get them right. Uh, budget of 2.5 million. It only made 6.8 million. What? I wonder what it made worldwide. I think that might be worldwide. Oh, okay. Made. You put. Oh, well, you put. Yeah, USD, but obviously. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, French. I don't think like even if French movies do well in their home country, there's not. I mean, they don't like money wise. It's not like the U.S. or yeah. you know, like everything else combined. So. Uh, Principal players, my win, who uh, the actress just goes by that. Okay. So, I mean, like, she's a single-named actress, uh, plays Alex, who is, our, is a legit final girl yes. uh, of all the ones we've covered. Uh, she was in Leon the Professional, The Fifth Element, and uh, she was in the Cranberries video, Promises. Yeah. Uh, Cecile de France uh, is uh, Marie, uh, Alex's friend, question mark. 
she was in the movie Hereafter. Uh, Philippe Nahan plays Latour, a.k.a. the killer, uh, who is the sexual deviant slasher in the movie. Yes. Uh, he was in Horsehead, Cannibal, Humans, Lady Blood, and Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is supposed to be a decent werewolf-type movie. Uh, Hendrix the dog is our best boy. Aww. This is a good row warning, people. Yes. Just... Giving you a heads up in this. It's very gentle, so you 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 can make you can survive this one. <laughs> there's also a rut row. It's funny because there's also a rut row warning in the Hills Have Eyes, so it makes me not uh, maybe in the new one too, but also in the old one, which makes me think that maybe Alexandra Aja was inspired by Wes Craven. You know, yeah. A bit. Uh, Andre Fenty plays Alex's father. Uh, Awana Pillay plays Alex's mother. She was also in Children of Men. Uh, Marco Claudio Pascu plays Tommy, uh, Alex's little brother. Oof. Frank Ca- Frank Calhoun plays Jimmy, the gas station clerk. He was in the Maniac remake in 2012, Amityville: The Awakening, and P2 as the director and Piranha 3D. <laughs> Piranha. Uh, and uh, Gabriel Spahiu, uh plays the car driver at the end of the movie. So it's got a very small cast, really, considering yeah. you know what goes on. Big rut row warning again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, synopsis. Marie joins her friend Alex on a road trip to visit Alex's family for the weekend. While there, while there, a home invasion takes place, leaving everyone but Alex dead and Marie the only person who can save her. A cat and mouse chase ensues as Marie tries to free her friend without becoming a victim herself. Uh, heads ripped off with bookcases, throats are slit, Good Samaritans are chopped up with cement saws, and Roadhead is given a whole new meaning. <laughs> Hearts will bleed. That's and, my tagline. Yes, and puppers will not make it. <laughs> no, puppers will not. In fact, in the body count, of which there is six, which is most of the people in the actual fucking movie, uh, Hendrix the dog is the first one to go. Yes. Has his neck slapped or snapped. Yes. Uh, Alex's father has his face lacerated with a straight razor, and then he's decapitated with a bookshelf. Alex's mother has her throat slit with a straight razor and then has her hands cut off. Tommy is shot in the back with a shotgun and then seen dead afterward. Yeah. Jimmy is impaled in the chest with an axe back stomped on and then falls deeper onto the axe. And then the car driver at the end is disemboweled, bisected with a rotary cement saw. Yeah. That one, that one for sure was my kill. Yeah. It's, it's probably the best kill in the movie. And it's, I mean, anytime you get a saw, it's one of the most visually impressive. That's why they put saws. Saws are highly impractical weapons. They really are. They, they're kind of stupid, but they're in horror movies because viscerally they're the most terrifying weapon yeah. that somebody can come running at you with. So quotes in the movie, Marie, I won't let anyone come between us anymore. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, Alexia, uh, or Alex. Uh, the problem is he's got a girlfriend. He doesn't want to split up with Marie. Why are you so interested then? And Alexia, someone who's taken must be worth it. I'm skeptical of single guys. Hose be hoeing. I threw that in there because you might appreciate that with a certain friend of yours. <laughs> I tell you, the hoes be hoeing. Latour in French subtitled, you drive a woman crazy, you little slut. Oh, okay. Uh, that should tell you something, folks. Yes. If we, before we get to the reveal. Uh, visuals. Uh, this movie looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. The scenes that uh, before they get to, I mean, the actual kills... Like, 
of the countryside. Like there is a scene in this movie at the beginning of the mo- that uh, beginning that I noticed where like they're driving and like the sun setting behind them and there's like these cornfields. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's uh, gorgeous. It's, he, he he is so good at like uh, visually depicting the the world that you're in. in yeah, movies. it's definitely it's a French countryside and it is gorgeous. Um, the kills themselves, bloody as fucking God. all get out. I mean, bloody and brutal. Yeah, brutal is the word. I mean, they they really are. They're they're quick and they are to the point. Yeah, um, the only one that I thought looked kind of bad. Um, I mean, it was still a good kill, but the mom gets her her neck sliced, and it looked very Freddy Kruegery, plasticky where the neck yeah. part was, and then the blood was a little dark, like it was black. Um, almost, at least visually from what I was looking at. However, um, when she starts choking on her own blood and sputtering it everywhere, I know that they eventually rip the head off, um, or at least it's implied off camera. But um, the blood that sprays onto the the closet is is normal looking, yeah. you know. Yeah, they they do a good job of making the the kills very bloody, as mm-hmm. you would imagine them to be. Yeah. Uh, the nighttime scenes, especially oh with the God. gas station, yes, lit, lit perfectly. I mean, it's hey, I mean, this movie is very visually, you know, appealing as far yeah. as like how he set it up. Um, story wise, it's a very simple story. I mm-hmm. mean, he straight up, uh, and I and I think that might be, I might even have in here the Wes Craven, and, and, you know, in the notes. But he, uh, you look at early Wes Craven movies, this has a lot of it. There's a home invasion. Uh, there's somebody who's like, <clears throat> who the killer's like sexual deviant of some kind. Uh, if he's not looking to rape, he's going to kill whatever he's yeah. going to rape, you know. Um, and then the twist. <laughs> what the twist? I should have saved the, that button. What the twist? Um, if you claim the first time you watch this movie that you knew what the twist was, You're I call You're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there is there is not a point until the movie actually tells you what's going on that that you any way suspect because because this movie uh, is told from an unreliable narrator and yes like somebody pointed out and I saw this like on a review of it and they they were ripping this movie apart they said that the twist makes no sense because there's a scene in the back where Marie is helping uh, Alex try to free herself while somebody's driving who the fuck is driving and then somebody pointed out and then this is what I would point out uh, Marie is projecting that she was in the back helping yes. uh, uh, Alex she was in the front driving the entire time and you know it's all in her fucking head that she was back with Alex she was probably screaming things at her and then and wondering why the fuck she was not like you know appreciating the fact she was helping her because she and then Alex is like what the fuck are you talking about you're not yeah. back here you know like you're you did this to my family what the fuck's wrong with you yes you know? it's so fucking it's it's wild uh when you find out the actual twist which is very close to the end yes and we'll go ahead and reveal that it's that Maria is the fucking killer yes. the entire time um and it's and there and I was going to ask you this because this goes into the story and this is a description. I mean, part of the discussion of this movie. At most of the movie, outside of one scene that I can think of, is told from Marie's perspective. Uh, you know, like in the scene that I'm talking about is this, there's a scene where uh, uh, Alex's mom and her little brother are outside and he's talking something about the cowboy outfit. Yeah, you know. 
that's the only scene I know of in the movie that doesn't have, uh, you know, Marie involved in it directly. Yeah. Uh, the only, but around that time, uh, there's a scene shown off on the side of the road where the killer Latour is like, uh, is getting roadhead. He's got a corpse head that yes. he's having, you know, do things to him. To me, that symbolizes that at the same time in the car, when the two of them are riding around together, that, uh, Marie is thinking about Alex sexually yes. and that, you know, and that's what she, in her mind, that's how she's, you know, like her split personality is, is dealing with It's it. the only way I could explain it because at first I was like, this doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. There's a guy and there's a truck and that whole scene. And I'm trying to like, be like, no, it's not, you know, Marie's not the killer. Uh, she's the killer and she's fucking imagining these things. It's all from her distorted perspective. Yeah, and and it makes sense. A certain part of it makes more sense when you rewatch it because that's what I talked to you about. It's totally different when you rewatch it, knowing the twist. That whole time that she's hiding upstairs, she's not hiding upstairs. She's hiding inside of her own mind. Yeah, what she is watching the death, and and she's seeing stuff that shouldn't be happening. If if you know the movie's told from her perspective, but it is told from her perspective, yes. and she's seeing it because she is an unwilling participant in her own body, basically. Yeah, and oh my God, and she sees everything, and she sees it as brutal, which is cool because that's what we came here for, you know? Um, the one thing that I found interesting, yeah, and we, that's what we are here for is the kills. I mean, the thing that I found interesting was she had a relationship with that store clerk somehow because he knew her. When she walked in there as Latour, he was talking to her, like a normal, I mean, assuming that part's not like, you know, in her head too. When Latour is talking to the guy at the gas station, they seem like they're on friendly terms. So she knew this guy. Well, um, can I give you my, my idea of what I think what was going on? Okay. <laughs> what I think happened is I think she really did jump into the station like she did and say, call the police, you know, the way that you saw it when she first gets in there. And then I think her personality switched. And then she turned to the killer and he's like, oh my God, this girl's fucking crazy. And he's trying to play along with it to kind of keep her calm. That would make sense. Okay. Yes. Now the part after that, that I was going to bring up is that in the movie, she loses Alex and she loses Latour and she has to fall behind them. And like a, the sports That's car weird. Uh, what I think's happening in that scene is I think that her mind, she, she's, she's trying to separate from the, the, okay. the, other personality and she's dropping behind the separation is her way of trying to like consciously deal with it. Yeah. But then like, you know, and, and then toward the end of the movie, like the, you know, there's a scene where she catches up with the killer, but then he disappears. And then he rounds, he ends up behind her and then he oh, runs yeah. her off the road. I think that's, uh, she was trying to distance herself from the other personality because she was having trouble dealing with what was actually going on and at the end of the movie like the other personality intruded upon her and then she had to deal with it at that time and it looks like she gets the upper hand on that other personality but just like in all the other you know slasher movies the killer comes back and takes over again and that's that's how you end the movie is like Latour is Marie you know yeah no I I agree um and I didn't think about that because I was wondering when I was I was reviewing clips last night and everything to kind of go over it again, like, okay, did I miss anything? And I did see that, and I was like, okay, how? I just don't – you can't get into someone's brain like that. They have to be able to explain to you how, why, and everything. But it's like it's so cool to see how 
crazy someone is that they think now they're being followed when literally the whole time they're actually driving the vehicle. Like, how are they functioning this vehicle while they're also thinking that they're in another vehicle being followed at this point? It's insane. Can you imagine? It's totally insane. And when something I just remembered is the the point in the movie where it pivots is the scene, and it makes total sense when you rewatch it, is the scene where Marie has went outside to have a smoke. She's sitting there on the, the swing. She looks up and she sees Alex, who's, you know, the only moment of nudity really in the film is having a shower. And you can tell that she gets excited by it, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, physically. And then, she, then the next scene, it cuts back down and Marie's gone. She disappears. Yeah. That's whenever the, the other personality took over. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense until you rewatch it and you see that. So. Yeah, when you have the perspective again. it's uh, There's a lot in here. There's a lot of, of how things are shot. There's a lot of how it's being narrated. Well, you know, visually, I guess, because it's not actually physically being told, really. Uh, and what you see from the other characters and how they are reacting around her. This It is. And this is a weird one, too, and I want your opinion on this. She is masturbating uh-huh. uh, with music on and her headphones while uh, Hendrix uh, is getting, uh, you know, snapped apart. And whenever the, the dad first comes down there, I know that's when her personality has been split off, but that's kind of weird that the, the violence occurs when she is getting off. In her yeah, um, it is, but it isn't. I mean, having listened to thousands, if not more, uh, you know, podcasts, uh, serial killer podcasts, uh, that's sometimes that's the only way they can get off is with violence yeah. and murder. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's out. I just want to know your opinion on how what you thought that meant. I didn't you know. know. I didn't. I there. hadn't thought about it until you just put it into perspective right now because I was just thinking that oh, she's into Alex, you know, and she's off in this countryside alone, and she's just. I thought literally she's just pleasuring herself. I didn't think about it in the way you're saying, and that is spot on. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot to this movie that I don't think. Well, it, a it don't get the credit it deserves anyways. Like it doesn't. if you. If you look in horror circles, they'll they'll mention this movie, but it's really only like true horror fans that really know about this movie, period. Like if you bring it up to anybody else, they're like, What the fuck's that movie you're talking This and Frailty are the two movies that like if you mention them to somebody, they have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? Um, which is insane. I mean, there's so it's funny too, because there's so much bad that is said about this movie. I guess it also mimics, and I don't know if you have this in your trivia or not, because I don't want to get too much into detail, but it also mimics a book by Dean Koontz, I think. I'm not sure. Yes, yes, it's in the trivia. Okay, so he, I won't. He actually, he, I'll get to it, but there's a whole rights issue that came up. Yeah, which is hilarious how it was handled. Um, anyways, we'll get into that when that happens. Um, I wanted, when going back to me saying how the characters respond to her, because the first thing you see, the first slash, not so much kill, is at the front door when the dad gets slashed in the face. And yes. you kind of, I don't know about you, but when I first saw it, I was like, why is he just staring at this guy confused? I mean, I guess it could be like, what are you doing here? You know, but he's confused and he's taken aback and he's not on any kind of alert because it's fucking Marie. Yeah, it's it's Marie and yes, if you rewatch it, you realize that's the point. She never came back inside yes. the house. She never that, did. 
in her mind she did, but she didn't in reality. Yeah. When she disappeared after getting aroused by Alex. She disappeared. Yeah. And the other personality took over. Definitely. So it's like, it's it's just weird and like nobody like, like nobody fights this guy. And it's because they don't think they have to fight him because it's not him. It's her. Well, it's him. I mean, it's her, but it's also she's coming out of it at times and, you know, throwing the person off. They yes. don't know how to respond to that. Oh, 100%. It's it's crazy. And how did she snap that dog's neck? He was a fucking big boy. Uh, that's that's always a problem with screen killers in particular. I mean, with those tiny little females killers and screen, oh, how yeah. do they do half the shit they do? That's you know? true, yeah. Um. But the scene where the mom is, like, staring at Marie in the closet and realizes she's in the closet but doesn't say anything, you know, when you rewatch it, you realize it's like, no, she's staring at Marie as she's getting her throat sliced, you know, and, 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 and you know, like, un- in- incomprehensible horror. She's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. She's not staring at the, the, the one that's in the closet like, you know, please help me. Yeah. You know? But that's, that's how Marie takes it from in, internally, you know, yes. so. fucking wild. And then the scene where the killer is, like, petting Alex while she's sleeping. Oh, yeah. That makes way more sense whenever you realize it's it's Marie doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Acting-wise, uh, I mean, granted, the kid, probably not the best child actor I've seen. Oh, no. He's only in it for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, the two parents, barely in it. Uh, the guy at the gas station's okay. The yeah. guy at the end is okay in the car. But the the main leads, the Latour, the the actual actor who played yes. him, Marie. I mean that that's a great killer that he plays. Yeah, uh, Marie herself, phenomenal. Marie oh, yeah. is great in this movie, and Alex. I mean the three main people, they knock it out of the park. And that's really all you need, really need in the movie, anyways. Yes. Uh, and music. The music is actually catchy in this movie. It's got like that French pop music going yes. on, like, and it's and it doesn't fit, but it does. It, it, I don't know how to describe it, but it really does fit because she's psychotic, and it, it makes sense that she would think that that just lovey dovey French music is playing when in reality, yeah, you know, uh, she's committing these brutal kills because it's not her. It's you know? all in her mind, yeah. So. That's what's playing in it. It's just her world, and we're just dying in it, you know? Yeah, basically. Uh, trivia for the movie, the camera used during the car attack scene got so much fake blood on it during the shooting that, that when it was being used on another film later uh, on, fake blood oozed from it during the focusing of a shot. That's hella fucking funny. Uh, according to Alexander Aja, the scene where the Marie hides from the killer in the gas station restroom is an homage to a similar scene in Maniac from 1980. Okay. Uh, the shot where the fake blood splatters the camera lens during the murder of the driver was actually an accident, but the shot impressed director Alexander Aja so much that it was left in the film. The graphic shot was cut from the theatrical release, though, but the, it was stored for the DVD release. Boo. Uh, the film is set in the south of France, but it was shot entirely in Romania what? due to budgetary reasons and the availability of similar locations. Okay, so the Romans are cheaper. <laughs> Uh, the only studio f- uh, filming done was shooting the scenes between Marie and, and Alexia inside the killer's truck. The studio itself was merely a garage. <laughs> okay. Whatever saves you that money that you didn't make yep. back. Uh, Cecile de France uh, did most of the stunt driving during the car chase through the woods. That's pretty good because, I mean, that, that's that's a pretty decent car chase, actually. Uh, and, and speaking of that, what did you think of Marie as her look? I mean, she obviously had the butch look going on, but... 
I think there's something interesting in her in the sense that you can clearly see the feminine yes. you know, with it too. I think she's it, uh, way prettier than fucking Alex. She is, and that's the and and it kind of fits the character because the duality of it. She's so feminine in appearance, mm-hmm. but then she's got that butch side to her. That's how you can kind of believe that she's Latour at the same time. And I'm sorry, but she has a fucking killer body. <laughs> she does. No pun intended, but seriously, yeah. Uh, the location used for the exteriors of Alexia's house was actually a dilapidated mill that the production cleaned up and dressed for the film. Okay. Uh, according to director Alexander Aja, four different locations were used for Alexia's house, but the set dressing and editing make it appear as one location. Okay. Here you go. Influenced by the Dean Koontz novel, Intensity, a director-writer, uh, director-writer Alexander Aja had read the novel prior to making uh, hot, hot Tension. Uh, despite the similarities, Koontz later elected not to pursue uh, a plagiarism case as because he found the film so puerile, so disgusting, and so intellectually bankrupt that he didn't want his associate, any association with it that would inevitably come if he pursued an action against the filmmaker as quoted on his website. Um, so he was so disgusted by the movie that even though he was clearly plagiarized, he let it go. I don't think he should have said anything because <laughs> at all. Because if I hear something like that, oh, I want to go see it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, so funny. disgusting, so vile. Dean Koontz is saying that, sir. Have you read what you've written? <laughs> I just think of him as poor man Stephen King. Yes. I, I, I have a hard time not thinking of him as that. So Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's hilarious how he said that and how other people are kind of agreeing with it. And it's like, have you watched the movie, though? It's good. It's really good. He should have took credit for it. Yeah, or, you know, been like, exactly. Or, like, I, I don't know. I, that's something I'd be like, I would be upset if that film was made off of something that was similar to what I've written because I would have been like, that's the better version of what I just did. I would have been fucking, I would have been pissed. Yeah, I mean, the least he could have done if he wanted to grift off it a little bit is say, uh, you know, uh, inspired by the story intensity should have been put on like all the DVD copies or something. That way, you know, people would be like, I want to read the book, you know. That is the kind of immediate attention I would want if I wrote a horror book. Like, oh, see this vile and disgusting film? Oh, if you like that, you might like my book. It's a little bit lighter on the loafers, but you know. <laughs> uh, Alexander Aja and Gregory Levasseur are uh, childhood friends and made this film as an homage to the old school horror films of the 70s and 80s that the two would watch uh, together growing up. So I really think that Wes Craven had a huge impact on this guy, you know. Okay. Uh, probably why he agreed to do the Hills Have Eyes remake, to yeah. be honest. Shot in 36 days. Fuck. Uh, the scenes in the woods were particularly rough for stars Cecile de France and My Win as both were supposed to be barefoot and the weather was quite cold. Yeah, it looked cold, so. Uh, Cecile de France trained with uh, a Thai boxer to get in shape for a physically demanding role. And, oh, she and it shows. Was, she's fit. Yeah, yeah she is. The overalls that the killer is wearing the whole time say Aja and Ferrer's on the back. The director's name is Alexander Aja, so that was kind Aww. of a throwback to him. Uh, Alexander Aja met star My Win at a stand-up comedy show in, in France. Her ex-husband, Luke Besson, uh, consulted on the script. Okay. Uh, he's pretty He's pretty famous, Luke Besson is. He's wrote several, you know, big-time movies. So. Cool. Uh, due to high impact violence, the movie was uh, SPIO JK indexed in Germany. It had to be edited to secure the FSK 18 rating, which I guess that means that it was like 
the highest, like, you know, you can't watch this type movie index and they had to really edit to get the rating down. Um, in March 2023, after nearly 20 years since its release, the movie has been deleted from the Index B list, and FSK would eventually give the uncut version of the movie, not under 18, rating a month later. So, wow. And I thought France was a lot more liberal in terms of what they allowed people to see. Well, that was in Germany, so... Oh, okay. I, I Germany, really thought it was France. Like I thought they were a lot more liberal. Maybe it's just nudity mm, and not so much... Yeah. After a certain war and certain things happened, Germany had to go on the defensive against violence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final girls. What do you think about Alex? Okay. Well, Alex is not pretty. No, I'm kidding. Well, she's not really. She's but. not. But um, I, I can't fairly say that she's amazing or not amazing because we don't really know if Alex tried to fight for her life or not. Um, to give her that, you know, find, like she survived, like we get it. She made it, you know, she did what she had to do, but we're unfortunately only getting it from the, the, the story. Killer's perspective, yeah. Yes. She might've fought a lot more or she might've been just as scared and weirded out as she was. I think it makes more sense that she was scared and weirded out. Cause this was a friend that she brought. She's probably harboring a lot of guilt. Like, Oh my God, I did this. This is my fault. You know? Yeah. I didn't vet this person, and now my family's destroyed because of exactly. it. Exactly. So there's a lot that I don't know. Um, ultimately, I'm going to say, you know, she survived, and, and I think she's she's <sighs> she's a final girl is all I can give her. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I yeah. Because you don't know enough about her. Yeah. Because I mean, it's not from her perspective. Because could you imagine Marie as the final girl? <laughs> like, she's the fucking final girl. She is beyond... Any final girl we have seen, but she's not the final girl. She's the fucking slasher. Yeah, she she takes it to the killer. I mean, more than most final girls out there, but, like, she's not the final girl. It's yeah. all in her fucking head. Because if I see one of my friends fucking, like, I, I witnessed something the way Marie witnessed everything, and my friend gets kidnapped, guess what? I'm calling the police. I'm not going on foot and going after her to try to save her. I don't care how much I love her, if it's a guy, too. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go chase a killer that has my husband captive. I am sorry, honey. I love you but i am little and i can only fight so much i need to protect the kids and i need to fucking let the police know what the fuck is going on <laughs> uh speaking of that though uh marie as the slasher or latour uh, it's it's a damn good slasher oh my god yes uh, latour is fucking creepy the the guy who plays Ugh. that role in the movie is perfect uh, and then Marie, whenever you find the reveal and then like you see how, you know, like how fucked up she is. Yes. It's one of the better psychological slashers, yes. you know, out there. I like how Latour specifically in the gas station, cause that's where his lines are, you know, most of his lines anyways. And he, because you know it from the perspective of this isn't Latour, this is Marie, but he's acting like a girl. He's like, how do I look in these glasses? You know, and then he's touching the fucking gas attendant's hand, like stroking it really lightly. And it's like. I never even thought of that. You're so right. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, okay. But at the same time, it's not necessarily Latour. I love that visually it is Latour and it's creeping you out. But the gas attendant is like weirded out because this bitch is psycho. Yep. 
So. And then, like, you know, it's and, and just the way that he looks at her, too, or in, uh, in her mind, he looks at her whenever she's he's over there and he's trying. She's hiding off to the side and he's getting the liquor that she requested he get as Latour. And like, you know, and, and I don't know, it, it, it there's a lot to it, you know, psychologically. Yes. Uh, best kill. I think it's the head getting. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I agree with you on the the scene at the end with the saw. It's that's a good scene. Yeah. Also, the scene where the head gets smashed off of the bookcase is pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean it is. I'm not going to take that away from you. Uh, mine is for sure the saw, just because there's so much blood and gore. Yeah, and it, it's it's so visceral hearing that saw like rev up too. You know. Yeah. Uh, best scream is uh, of course Alex because she does the screaming in this movie. Uh, oh yeah, she also gets the best boobs because she's the only one that shows her body in this movie. That's true. Uh, best good boy Hendrix. Yes, he's definitely best good boy. Uh, Franklin Ward. Um, I don't know if you can reply that to anybody in the movie. Everybody dies off so quick; they're not even there long enough to be annoying, really. Yeah. Uh, how annoying is Doom Prophet uh, Marie? It's the Doom Prophet, but it's weird because she's, it's just like in the last movie. There's our link to, you know, uh, to uh, Club Dread. Uh, the killer is actually their own Doom Prophet. Yeah. In a roundabout sense. Fucking weird. And then the dumbest moment is Alex not trying to exit the car through the other side while Marie Latour tries to saw her through the other. Like, I don't know why she, I mean, maybe she, I don't know, she, Maybe she's locked in or something, but she should have tried to get out while the Latour Marie was on the other side, you know, focused so much on it. Yeah, but again, this is from the killer's perspective. That's true. Like, yeah, she was, so we don't know how much she actually tried to do. Yeah, there. and we don't know that there was ever a time she actually, well, yeah, she was in the, are you talking about when they're at the gas station? No, I'm talking about the end of the movie. There's oh, a scene yeah. where the Latour in as Marie finally starts yeah. sawing at one window. She edges over to the other, but she doesn't try to get out. Like, oh she yeah, doesn't yeah. Try to open the, and then she kicks out the window or parts that are remaining when she goes to the other side. You know, whenever she gets attacked on the the complete side, and that's when she gets the big jagged piece of you know like thing in her foot. Yeah, so, I mean it. You know, but like you said, yeah. unreliable narrator, so you don't know how that actually played out in reality. Yeah, I mean, did she and fucking, obviously fucking Marie has the fucking, well, she was trained by a Titan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's, she's fucking athletic as fuck, so even if, like, let's say Alex did escape, like, how long was she running for before Marie was on her? I'm thinking she was like a fucking puma in, like, seconds, you know? I was like, I got you, bitch, you know? Yeah, probably. I mean... And she might even jam the actual, you know, uh, piece of glass in her foot, you know, for all we know, because yeah. we're not seeing it the right way. Uh, final thoughts on this movie. It's it's great, and more people should watch it. Yeah, and I don't watch foreign films. I don't. Uh, I saw this one, The Hubby, obviously. I, I, who knows what the fuck was going on? I did not sleep watch this one the first time he watched it, which was many moons ago. Uh, what year did this one come out? 2003, I think. 2003. So I feel like, I feel like we saw this way after it came out because I feel like I had at least one kid already. Um, okay. At the point, so we, I think we saw it like five or six years later, um, and I was like blown away by this movie. Like, holy shit! Because you're fucked up. It, to me, it's like the sixth sense when you get that twist and you're like, no, fuck you. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it. when you see it, you're like, that doesn't, but wait, but they, she was driving, you know. Like, yeah, no, it, you're mentally fucked once you, like, when you're watching this for the first time, and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it, and if you get upset with us, fuck you. Okay, this movie yeah, you, you got to do your research. You can't be like, oh, unless you want a spoiler, but this is not a movie you should be spoiled on. In fact, I'm going to have to put a huge disclaimer because there are certain movies like I've been spoiled on the Barbie movie and whatever, you know. Um, and there's some movies that I'm like, yeah, just give me the spoilers because I'm good. I'm probably going to watch it anyways. But this is not a movie you want the fucking spoiler on. No, I mean, it. it you can still appreciate it upon repeat, but you don't get that initial uh jolt like you do from seeing it the right way Mm-mm. you know you don't so you definitely need to watch this you can decide for yourself if this movie is as vile and uh, it is vile and vulgar and disgusting it, that's what made this movie great um, that's why it's known to, to horror fans because yeah it, they really went that way with it exactly and uh again i i don't like watching foreign films i don't like subtitles uh that's not an issue in this movie, so. No, and there, there's actually a, a dubbed version that's, or mostly dubbed version that's fine anyways. Like, oh, okay. I mean, their, their lips doesn't ma- don't oh, match yeah. up as well, but it's fine, you know. Hmm. Okay, I didn't, I didn't realize that, but interesting, T- yeah. Tubi, Tubi has it that way right now, so. Oh, wow, okay. God, so um, many good TV, free TV <laughs> that you can get that is showing this shit now. Yeah, Tubi's great. Uh, plugs, so uh, Leanne Tuit still a thing? I don't think Leanne Tuit is a thing anymore. Uh, the <laughs> hubby is, I think he's, and I don't blame him. He's kind of sad about the, you know, not having his usual guy and it, getting people in is kind of hard, especially for my hubby schedule right now. Um, I don't know what's going to come of it, and I don't know. I guess I'm the only host that can jump in when we do but we be busy right now so yeah i don't know that that's a thing but um uh absolutely fucking not still a thing absolutely not still a thing in fact uh the message i have it looks like we're recording tomorrow which is monday for us so which means tuesday we should have an episode out so we already got our topics and everything so yeah that that's gonna be a thing for now hopefully my hubby can figure out a schedule that works for getting people in you know, to do his show. It's just not the same without two guys, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it had its own like dynamic. Exactly. And I, and I, and, and I like that. And I was like, I'll fill in for you. And I, whenever he wants me to, whenever he feels like, Hey, let's go do a show. That's fine. I'm here. But it's like I said, it's not the same. That's not, you know, uh, that, that I, I don't think that show should be us. I think it should be him and one of his friends. So. All right, folks with that, Peace be with you. And with your spirit. Right. Here we go. There's a little place where the sun sleeps late and pulls himself a shot of tequila. It's a little place called Pleasure Island. That's where I'd like to feel ya. It's easy to find just beyond the last wave. Dolphins and whales are a mate. Sail all day and all night and take a hard ride. That's where I'll be awaiting. Pleasure Island, Island of Pleasure. No need to stop and think. 
treasure. Come on down and have a drink. 